This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. First of all, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who voted for myself and the other three new directors onto the board of the Supporters Foundation. I caught up with them in the pub last week and I'll be bringing you a clip from that a little bit later in the show. Also in this week's edition, I chatted with Russ Johnson about FanHub, a new fan app aimed at rewarding real supporters and content makers like this podcast for doing what we do. I also speak to Latics fan Paddy Harwood about the latest signings, meeting Keith Curl last week and the opening game of the season against Newport but first I caught up with some fans directly after the late defeat against Newport on Saturday. What do you think again? Blue I thought Cece was decent in the midfield, looks a decent player. Adams as well, but Blythe up front. Horrendous. Describe his performance for us. It's like if I got chucked into a game of water polo. <laughs> Bearing in mind I've never played water polo. That's how good I think he played. Okay. Who's that? He's talking about Blythe up front. Blythe up yeah, up front. Yeah. But apart from that, I thought we were good. We should have beaten them. Alright mate, how was it? Solid, till the 89th minute, really. Playing for a draw, difficult to keep curl, solid set up, but yeah. still missing four or five players. So when we get Holt back, when we get Bambula back, a bit more in midfield might be a different map. Did we look more solid than last season? Yeah, a lot more solid, a lot more organised, but still missing. Right. There was a lot of kids out there and a lot of players who haven't played against each other, so yeah. hopefully top 10, maybe. Alright, oh. still optimistic. Always. Uh-huh. We've got to be being a role with that. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> if you can. Uh, yeah. Never right. give up on that, but yeah. Hopefully with the others back and they start to gel, might be a different match. You know, we missed Holt up front massively. We missed Baron Buehler, obviously, you know. Uh, hopefully, not being everyone back might be a different match than what was out there today. So it's not all doom and gloom? No, I think we're missing the centre half as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got one one's injured in it, that new, like Magahi, yeah, yeah. 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 today, so maybe that'll shore it up a bit. Good. Right. Yeah. He looks alright. I don't like Pajani for too far left with Sheen in the back of it. Yeah. I think we need a Liberero back there, but that dude from Lake Norwegian in midfield and six five, he looks alright. Until he got the ball at his feet. Remind me of Miss Right. So it's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Cheers, get yourself a beer, mate. Thanks. Glad to be back though, that's the main thing. Um, quite emotional really, after 18 months. So. Off the basis of today, how are we going to get on? It's, uh, I know it's hard. I can, you can't say on today. Obviously we need to get more players in, more players back. But I think Newport and Bradford up early on, um, they're two opportunities to get results against them before they, they're totally organised and flying because they're both going to be up there. Um, so it's a massive missed opportunity to get three points. We wouldn't have any right to get later on in the season, I imagine. Yeah. Oh well, enjoy the season, Dave. Yep, you too. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> What's your name? Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Have you been to the game? Yes. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Apart from that right foot, he was quite annoying. Why? What, what was he doing? Giving yellow cards away like like confetti. And what about that goal at the end? It was in like the 89th minute. Come on, what we meant to do? We should have stopped the game. We had like an injured player. Really? Yeah. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. I definitely saw someone on the floor. Okay. You, have you got a favourite player? Benny Boomer. Benny Bula. Bendy Bula. Bendy Bula. Yeah. Is he new? You mean Baron Bula, you know? Yes. Bendy Bula. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know about? Because you're how old are you? How old are you? Nine. Nine. What do you know about Latics in the past? Tell me what you know about Latics in the past. I've already met Roger Palmer. Have you? Where yes. did you meet Roger Palmer? In A. In this in the OEC. What what was he like? What did he have to say? Picture with him, and it was uh, quite good. He's a legend, isn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah. Who's your dad's favourite player? Alan Shearer. Alan, when did he play for Latix? He, he never played, but he's your favourite player. Yeah, well, he was very good. Uh, only a highest goal scorer in, in, in like, the world. I remember watching Alan Shearer play for Blackburn against Oldham back in the Premier League days. Long time before that. It was a long time ago, mate. It was a long time ago. Have you got anything else you want to say? Come on, Oldham! That's the spirit, lad. That's the spirit. <laughs> Joined by Paddy Harwood. How are you doing, Paddy? I'm good, mate. Are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, bumped into you earlier on in the week at the Meet the Manager event at, uh, at the Latix. What did you think of that? Did you uh, did you enjoy it? It's one of those where I've been to so many of them, probably, like, well, you've been abroad, haven't you? But I've been to yeah. so many of those over the years that you come away thinking the same thing anyway. So I'm quite sceptical. The manager's always come across well. Even even Darren Kelly came across well in his, you know, his first Meet the Manager uh, event the proof will be what happens between now and May I was a bit concerned with some of the things he said um, I mean you know that I, I challenged him a little bit about Bahambula doesn't seem to fancy him as much as the rest of us do that was a bit of a concern you know when he said about there are there are occasions where he needs to be off that pitch as soon as possible and I'm looking at it for, as a fan thinking no he needs to be on that pitch every single minute of the game but he came across well he's, he's obviously he, he knows his stuff he's been doing it for a long time we both asked him difficult questions at times, didn't we? I asked him about his contract and things like that. And I said to him that we'd heard a lot of positive noises before about building a, a, a club and a, and getting the fans behind, like from Dino. You know, Dino seemed like he was really invested. And it, and that's what Curl sounded like. But at the end of the day, it was all about whether he's going to get the time to deliver. Obviously, the first game of the season, I've interviewed quite a lot of fans today, asking them about what they thought before the game and after the game. And... Obviously, it was a very unusual start to the season this season insofar as we announced all these players this morning. What did you make of that? I thought that was very strange. It didn't make any sense at all to me because, uh, as we just alluded to on Tuesday, he did he did tell us three of the signings. One was um, Stobbs, wasn't it, who, who has actually been announced earlier in the week. But he told us about the goalkeeper uh, from Kilmarnock. He told us about the Spurs loanee. So, yeah. And, the, the, you know, the stories about the Leighton Orient player were coming out earlier in the week. And I don't understand why it's taken so long. Maybe it'd have got a few more bums on seats if they'd announced it yesterday. Maybe more people would have decided they wanted to go and buy it, uh, buy a ticket today. Uh, heard a few things on Twitter about it being a, a ploy to, you know, keep it from Newport. But from what I was reading, Newport would actually have had a list anyway of our registered players as of midday yesterday. So mm. they would have known that we had. Jacob Blythe, uh, obviously probably quaking in the boots about that, but they've known that we'd have had those kind of players already under under contract. So it did seem a little bit strange. And obviously you were looking on the hashtag, you know, Mikey, the media lights, we're obviously getting a load of grief about it, where it's not their fault. They don't decide when to put these announcements out, but it was just rife with, are you going to announce these players? And then obviously the rumour mill starts going that the EFL have pulled the plug and, they could have just averted all that by, you know, when, when he told us on Tuesday that we'd signed Rodgers and Bowden, then just announcing it. I'm not, not too hung up about it. I just don't understand why they've waited until this morning. It doesn't. It does seem weird. I mean, and the the, the other obvious. Um, I mean, one of the things that that he said to us as well on and noticed that you you were chatting about because you tagged me in actually at one point about the transfer embargo, um, which he said he did say that it was over, didn't he? He said he said yeah, that it, yeah. it was it was over. Um, so we have to assume that it is based on the fact that he's the manager and he, <laughs> he's going to know about these things. Keith's been in position since a few months or a couple of months before the end of the season. And we're still making players, we're still making signings so late in the day. It, it, it doesn't seem like great prep, does it? You know, we've had all this time to, to put a squad together and, and he's had all these lads on trial, people that have come in and then and then left and not signed and then he's, he's bringing players in right at the last minute. It's not ideal, is it? No, it's not. It's, and, and to be honest, when he, uh, when he signed his contract in May, he did say he wanted to get people in the building early doors, mm. um, and obviously he signed the five a few month, a couple of months ago. Well, a few weeks back, weren't it now? And you thought then that was the start that right? he got the five, and then he just starts slowly, slowly adding to it. Mm. And he hasn't, um, and I don't, you know, I don't know who's responsible for that. Obviously, the embargo that was in place has probably not helped. But in reality, we're not going to pay for players anyway, are we? 
No, exactly. So it's not really we made can a still difference. Pick up the free agents. But I mean, one of the things that concerned me at the meet the manager. I mean, it's probably not no secret, but Keith did say that he can't have a player imposed on him by more. But at the same time, it has to be two yeses. Yeah. If there's one yes and one no, so if Keith really wants somebody but Moore doesn't, it, it it doesn't happen. And now this falls into the category of well, Latics are picking and choosing who they want. And I had a lot of conversations today. One of the things I was saying was Bradford City and Oldham Athletic should be getting the pick of the players. If in terms of the size of the clubs in this division, you know they should be wanting to come to us based on tradition and all the rest of it. But it seems like we just can't compete. And we're not getting the players we want. We're just having to make do with with who can, who says yes. That seems oh, to be the feeling, absolutely. doesn't it? I mean, I, I kind of challenged him on that on Tuesday because, like I said to him, at the end of the day, if these results aren't coming in on a Saturday, he's the one that gets sacked. Now, if he's got a player who he thinks can add a bit different on a Saturday afternoon, why is Mo telling him, no, he's, he's not coming in? So I don't understand. He came from the angle, didn't he, of there's no interference at the moment and then told us that story. Well, to me, I don't know if you agree, Matt, but that's interference. Well, it's interference insofar as he doesn't have the final say on who comes in. If he says this guy's coming in and Mo says no, he isn't, then he isn't. But it, it, I mean, he told us a, a few stories. So obviously, there was the Furman. Uh, they'd offered Furman a deal. He's moved on. But he's, he's only gone on trial, hasn't he, at Wrexham and... There was the lad from Coventry who signed for Rochdale who had it all agreed at Latics and then his agent pulled the plug. And you just think, are people talking, you know, within football circles about, oh, hang on, should you really be going to that club? It's a bit of a basket case at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken to people, players and, and people in the game and that is that is being talked about. That does happen. One of the things that he said, we'll come on to the match in a bit, but... You know, obviously what we're talking about now is what affects today, with the exception of obviously COVID and injuries and all that kind of stuff. But Keith Curl was directly asked in terms of budgets, where do we sit in the league table? His exact words were comfortably lower bottom. So, we, you know, in terms of, of finances, we can't compete, can we? It was that word comfortably that yeah. worried me more than anything, to be honest. You know, it's not like we're, you know, 13th, 14th lowest budget. It does sound like we're really down the bottom end. When Edmondson went to Ipswich the other week, there were stories that we'd perhaps cast in on the uh, sell-on fee. And if that is the case, we are in a much worse financial position than I originally thought. I thought he's a bit of a, a donut, this owner, but he's still got a little bit of money behind him. But if we're comfortably a lower half budget in a division which has got the likes of Harrogate and Sutton and Crawley and Barrow, then, and obviously if we're casting on that Edmondson uh, sell-on, then we are in a much big, bigger mess than I originally anticipated we were in. I mean, I have uh, quite a lot of chat with Andy, who's regular on your podcast. I think we should be trying to get promoted out of this league. I don't think we should be anywhere near, you know, Andy reckons stay up. I think we should be getting out of this at the top end. But when you hear things like that about a comfortably lower half budget, then it does make you think, shit. The thing is, like Morecambe, uh, for example, have proven that if you if you manage things well and you have consistency and, and you know, the club is, is well, run, well run, you get the right ma- uh, manager in or whatever, you can get out of this division on a, on, on a modest budget. It can be done. Oh, of course. But everything has to be right. Everything has to be done properly. There has to be excellent scouting networks, you know, people going out there looking for bargains. There has to be a methodology. There has to be consistency. We don't have that, do we? It feels like we're just like we're just sniffing around for scraps um, at the bottom of League Two, pulling in, you know, unproven non-league strikers at the last minute. I hope the lad does well, you know, Blythe, but... From the, the feedback I got today wasn't wasn't great. So let's let's move on to to what happened on the pitch today. What did you what did you make of it? And 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 who were the standouts? And you know, good and bad. And 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 did the team look more solid than it did last season, or what? Give us some positives and give us some reality. Well, the the positives, gosh, the positives is well, one of the positives for me is that we were able to see it. I I know you didn't go, but I was able to see it. That was that was nice. That I didn't realise until I was actually there today, how much I have missed it. And, you know, when the players came out, I was quite, I, I wouldn't say emotional, but I was, I, I felt quite, quite a happy 
feeling. This was the last thing really out for my life that hasn't come back yet, the foot, attending football games. So now I'm at a, a stage now that everything I do now, I was doing pre-COVID. So that was a nice moment. That's probably the biggest positive. In terms of the game, we could still be playing now and we wouldn't have scored. Blythe didn't look anywhere near the standard that we need. But then he's a big six-foot-plus striker and we weren't playing to his strengths. Nicky Adams, I think, put two or three crosses in straight to the goalkeeper's arms. Really disappointing, really, from someone who should have been a bit of a leader today when we had so many attacking players out of the game. You know, if you like Sam Hart, I thought, looked relatively decent. Cissé, now, I'm not really a big defensive midfielder fan, but you can see the job he does. I think, a, a bit of a football snob every way, I think we should be able to play in this division without somebody having to win the ball back. I think we should have midfielders that keep the ball so that we don't have to win it back in the first place. Midfield used to be a bit of an all-rounder position. You had to be able to tackle, you had to be able to win the ball and you had to be able to do something with it when you got it. It wasn't a case of we need one person who can play a bit next to somebody whose sole job is to to tackle and break up play. Well, I want midfielders to be able to do a bit of both. That makes more sense, doesn't it, really? I mean, another thing that seemed to, well, that did trouble me is that we we seemed to pick up a few muscle injuries. Uh, Clark went off injured and Whelan only stayed on the pitch because we'd made all three subs. Sheehan was obviously uncomfortable from about 15th, 20th minute. I don't know if he's carrying a knock or if he's just genuinely unfit. Well, it's worrying that, Paddy, because last last week's podcast, we had James from the D3-D4 podcast, and he told, I was asking him about our new signings, and he, and he mentioned Clark and McKay. Is it McKay here? Is that how you, yeah, spe- how you pronounce play. it? Yeah, well, he said that both of those players are good for this le- for this level, but they're both very, very injury-prone, and lo and behold, one doesn't start and one goes off. So that's a worry, isn't it? Because they've been brought in for their experience and that, but if they don't stay fit, then... Another worry about it was when Clark did go off, it was a complete reshuffle of the back line. It was Sam Hart backing up full-back and they moved Jameson across uh, because we don't have that strength in depth. We don't have mm. that depth at all, which was shown by the fact that we've had to play Blythe up front today. I mean, it's not a criticism of Luamba this at all, but you look at subs today, we brought Junior Luamba on, who's played two, maybe three professional games. They brought Kevin Ellison on, mm. who won the game, 42 mm. years old. And that was just a bit of a difference in, in squads, really, of where they're at and where we're at, which is, I find it borderline embarrassing, really, that that's the level we're at compared to Newport County, to be honest. I mean, I know that we had people out because of COVID and whatnot, right. and I'm not sure whether Zach Durnley was out because of that or because he was injured, but again, he did You can write him off anyway, though, can't you, Matt? Well, that's the, well, that's the thing. If we've got these players that are made of glass in the in the squad that we can't rely on... And we don't have enough depth in squad in the squad as it is. I mean, I know we're only at the first game of the season, but there are there are reasons to be worried, aren't there, about the oh. squad, you know, and about how we're going to fi- be fixed. Because I've read a few predictions and whatnot. Some some predictions have us going down. Others have us finishing around nineteenth, twentieth. I mean, I'm presuming from the fact that there were approximately well, just under four thousand Latics fans there today that there is a, some sense of optimism. Did that come across in the stadium? How was it? Do you know what it did? To start with, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, there was a bit of a buzz around the place and the, the performance, to be honest, reflected that in the first 15, 20 minutes. We we didn't threaten, but we, we were on the front, front foot and we were trying to get the ball in the right areas. And then things did go a little bit flat, to be honest, as you know, it's always the case after the first 15, 20 minutes. The game kind of follows a bit of a pattern then. You could tell there was a bit of a spring in the fan step today for being back uh, in the ground. And there was there was a lot more there than I thought were going to be. Uh, a lot a lot more, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was a it was a vital game, really. And, and, and I understand that we've had, we've got players out and and it's key players. You know, if you take Bahambula out of any team in our division, you know, it makes a difference. But we've got two really tough away games coming up and I thought today was pretty vital, really, to get off to a decent start. Even with the players that we had out, there were enough opportunities to take the game to Newport today and, and win that game. I really wanted to just make sure we got something on the board today. I would have been happy with a point just to get just to get off the mark because we do always start badly. To lose it in the last five minutes like we did, exactly the same as last season against Leighton Orient, you know, 
tight game, pretty poor in terms of quality, and then to lose it. Now, I haven't seen the goal as we're recording, to be honest with you, but, you know, to lose it, it's, it's just so, it's so typical, isn't it? It's just yeah. typical, typical yeah, Latics. I mean, if that game were going to finish 1-0, it was only finishing 1-0 one way. We'd uh, had a bit of a scare a bit earlier. They'd had a goal disallowed. I don't know whether it was offside, but they had a goal disallowed. We were, ne- we were never, ever going to score the goal in that game. Uh, if, if there was going to be a winner, it would have been them. And it was? It was, yeah. <laughs> So did you enjoy it? Would you say you enjoyed it then? Did you enjoy being back there? Is that, and are you looking forward to, to the next game at Boundary Park? It's a strange kind of feeling I have with Latics. And it will sound very, very stupid to a lot of people listening to this, but I don't enjoy going to Latics one bit, but I absolutely love taking my little boys to Latics. Now, a lot of people won't be able to resonate with that, and I understand that, but if it was just me going today, I wouldn't have bothered. You know, I looked out, it was pissing it down. I'd have just stayed at home and watched some Olympics. So it was great to take them, mm. but I can give or take it, to be honest, Matt. <laughs> Look, that's a, that's a common theme in, in terms of the people that I've spoken to. People are taking the kids. They want the kids to have that experience they want to make sure that they stay following Latics and don't end up getting distracted by them two down the road and that. And yeah. Yeah, but I'm surprised at the attendance today. Um, I'm sure the club are delighted uh, with the amount of fans that have turned up today. It's not necessarily an indicator as to how the season's going to go. We've not been able to go to watch Latics at Boundary Park for a long, long time. So people have scratched an itch, haven't they? Um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Obviously, I hope that we that we do all right. I I obviously hope that we're not involved in a relegation battle. Can't see us being anywhere near the the top ten, to be honest. Um, really? With the squad that we've got, no. Do you? Where do you think we're going to finish? You know what? I I I think that we should be getting playoffs at least, and I don't think it's because we're particularly good. I think that the league is absolutely pony. It's horrendous. I I honestly think that. I mean, last season we beat all three promoted teams. There's no reason we can't do that on a consistent basis. I honestly, honestly believe we should be. And I feel like. But what do you uh, what do you base that on, though? Just that, just that the the, the league is shit. It's rubbish. There there is no way. All all you need is four or five decent players there. You know, and it's the spine of your team, which most teams last season who got promoted did have. We looked at Cheltenham; they were nothing special. Cambridge were nothing special. They had. Paul Mullin scored banging all the goals in and Wes Houlihan. That was pretty much all Cambridge had last season. Well, what, what's the span of our team this season well, no, then? No, I understand that and I completely agree. That's something that we need to implement. We need Bahambula to show up. We need either Pergiani to learn how to be a professional footballer or McGay to be a strong defender. And we need this Cissé to live up to the hype that some uh, Orient fans said he was like when he was on loan. We don't have that promotion ready spine though do we the first names down on the team sheet boom 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 there we go and we can build a team around that I, no, that I, are going to perform that. consistently I mean I, I, I'm, I wish we did but and I know what you're saying it is it is a poor league but are we just a poor team in a poor league we, we possibly are maybe I am a bit of a football snob but I honestly think we should be up that top end I mean if you'd have said at this time last year to a Cambridge fan or even to Paul Mullen himself he'll score 34 goals it'd have probably laughed you out of the room all it needs is somebody to have a purple patch, Davis Keeler done, or you know, Bahambula to to fire some goals, you know, Hallam Hope to have his best goal scoring season. It mm. doesn't take much. As long yeah. as we're keeping clean sheets at the other end. Well, yeah. Because last that. season, I mean, we're not going to score anywhere near as many goals as we did last season. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't imagine. And and if and if Curls wants to get us out of the league, it's presumably it's about being first and foremost, it's about being solid and and, and winning games by fine margins. Would you agree? But that's what he said he wants to do, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I feel that saying that we'll do well to finish 22nd in this division or, you know, 19th, 20th, gives Keith Curl a free pass because me or you could manage Latics and keep them up this season. He's not been brought in to keep us up or to have us floating around the bottom half because Harry Keel could have done that. He's been brought in to take us forward. And he's he's the one who's saying he's coming and he's he's going to try and sol- you know make us more solid at the back. I've not seen our new goalkeeper, but he's supposed to be decent. This is what he's saying he wants us to do. He said to us on Tuesday, didn't he? Top ten. I'm, mm. I'm 
I want us top. I, I want us automatic, to be honest. Well, me too, Paddy. I want us to win the league, mate. But I'm just, I'm. It's not really. I'm trying to dist- I'm trying to be objective. It's not about what my heart wants and 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 what I hope for. It's you know, have we improved the team from last season? Last season's team scored a lot of goals, finished nineteenth. You know, we finished with Keith Curl as the manager. He's had a whole preseason. Have we started this season any better? Then we finished it last season in terms of the squad and the quality in the squad. Well, well, the an- answer for that is probably not really. No, if you take you know Conor McElhenney's goals out, then that's a massive hindrance to us, isn't it? I, d- I do understand your point. But what I'm kind of saying is that I honestly believe we should be top seven. We're all athletic. Absolutely, no, that's f- absolutely. We should we should have a the queue. There should be a queue down Sheepfoot Lane of, of, of the players that are wanting to move and wanting to play in League 2 and they should be banging on the door of Oldham Athletic saying you're one of the biggest clubs in this division we want to come and play for you that's not happening um, so who we are and who we think we are is is all well and good but the reality of who we are and where we are is very different unfortunately and you know like Keith Curl's job was to improve the squad not just Keith Curl Keith and Moore their job was to improve the squad from last season to this season now we might be being a bit people might be listening and saying well give them a chance they've they've only kicked a ball for 90 minutes this season but on paper it doesn't necessarily look like we've we've made the right enough improvements to to significantly improve our chances based on where we finished last season well you've got a, f- a few new signings who've got really big boots to fill uh hallam holt being one uh if we're kind of going to say he's come in as a bit of a swap for McElhaney, the young lad from spurs you know, if we're going to say he's come in to replace your man at Leeds, McCalmont, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to say that, then they've got big boots to fill and we need big seasons from them. Uh, now, the proof will obviously be in the pudding as the season goes on, whether or not they do that. But that's what they've been brought in to do. I mean, today I thought Bolden was pretty anonymous, but, you know, like you said, it was his debut, it was his first game, first senior game, yeah. first proper game of football. You know, it's a bit unfair to judge him on that and hopefully he will come into, you know, come into games more. Hope obviously will. Uh, I mean, he's not really. He's definitely not scored as many goals as McElhenney did last season, as he, for you know, in any of his seasons. No. But we've got to hope that these players, no pun intended, that these players have big seasons and do fill the boots that they they filled. I mean, one of my biggest worries is Cal Pagiani still, especially he played you know on the left side of a three-man defence today. Mm. And I just feel it's crying out for wingers to get in down the side of him. Now I was talking to someone who actually works for Latics at the game, and he was saying it's for the you know the back post cross, so he can be there to kind of be a towering force at the back. But he's he's a big concern. You know, it's it's one game. It is one game. We had a lot of players missing, but nothing anybody can say. I mean, I have this discussion with Andy quite a lot. Nothing anyone will say or convince me otherwise than I think we should be getting out of this division and out of it at the top end. Paddy, we should be out of this division by now. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't still be. The the fact that we're here in our fourth season is 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 proof that things aren't going well, <laughs> you know. And and that's 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 the that's the the bottom line. We, we've been through ten managers in 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 our time in uh, in League Two, and it's nine or ten anyway. And it's I mean it's a recipe for disaster. At the beginning of the last season, I said I'll take. Just getting through the end of the season with 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 one manager that didn't happen. So I've got absolutely no expectations, me. I don't expect us to go to 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 go up. I don't expect us to go down. I'm just going to have to wait. I feel like I'm just going to wait and see what happens, um, because there's not really anything else that we can do. I mean, in terms of what you were just talking about, then with like Alfie McCalmont and and Borden, like McCalmont grew into the season last season and by the end of the season his quality was showing he'd, he'd, he'd figured out how to play in the division he'd got his confidence he got a few goals and he and he really started to look like a player but the problem was is that by that stage we were already well out of any kind of contention and and, and yeah. we'd lost the midfield over and over again Whelan the accounts of Whelan is that he can play a bit he can pick a pass it seems to me like he may be suited to, to teams where he's got more intelligent footballers playing in and around him so that he can he can play the kind of balls that he wants to play. I'm still worried about that midfield. I think it's such an important area of the field if you want to control the game and dominate a game. And like you say, you, we're, we're vulnerable at the back. If you don't control the midfield, then you get overrun at the back. I'm still not sure this 3-5-3 three, three is a, a system for League 2. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty set on it, though, isn't he? Yeah. And 
it's not something I've ever really enjoyed watching us. Well, I said I'm going to contradict myself here because when we played it under Dowie, it was fantastic. But I always feel like you're really relying on your wing backs going yeah. up and down. And Nicky Adams, to be fair, bless him, he's 35, isn't he? You know, yeah. to be running up and down, up and down, you know, Saturday, Tuesday in a competitive division, he's asking a lot from him. And it's all about your, your personnel. What we're quite capable of doing, uh, if capable is the right word, is that 3-5-2 actually becomes a 5-3-2 and we end up sitting back and back and back yeah. and inviting pressure onto us. Mm. Now, I mean, obviously, you, you're trusting that he knows more than, than me, me and you do, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm a bit similar, really. I, you know, I'm a bit of a 1990s dinosaur. I do like a flat back four. You know, right back or left back and two centre halves. Yeah, I think the I think the reason for that is certainly what where I come from is it's a simpler way of playing football. And you, do you remember that story that he told us? Um, Keith told us the other day about um, the lad from uh, Clark from Arsenal. And he yes. did the, they did the re, the review of his positioning, and he said, the "Look, and, yeah, the in the corner." And 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 Keith Keller drilled him and drilled him and drilled him in training that this is what I expect from you when this happens, and then he just couldn't get it in his head, Clark. Could he? he couldn't understand it? He couldn't. And then he and he and he said he didn't know what <laughs> what Keith was talking about because he showed him the video back and he'd not done what he told him. And I think that that comes into it. I think at this level as well is like players need to know how to play in that system and it needs to work and. Sometimes just a four four two is just is just easier and easier for certain players to understand. Um, and the manager sometimes wants to impose that way of playing, but the players can't handle it. They can't they can't cope with it. I mean, to be fair to him, he got promoted at Northampton playing it, didn't he? Obviously with different personnel. I know he had he had uh, Nicky Adams, but it's one of those where it's been relatively successful for him over the years, and he, he likes to stick to a bit like me on football manager. Really, I think. You need to be able to fl- you need to be able to change it up, don't you? I presume. I mean, obviously, Curl knows that he's he's far more experienced than than you and I. But yeah. you do need to be able to mix it up when you get in. Like you said before, when players go off injured, you need to be able to change your formation around, and and sometimes you need to adapt because you're getting overrun or whatever it is. So we, we have to we have to put faith in in Curl that he's gonna he's gonna manage that over the season, and 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 we have to have faith in the players. It's just. I've spoken to a lot of fans over the last few weeks and, and a lot of fans are, are coming into it with a level of optimism, which, you know, I just don't have. And I want to have it. And a, a win today would have would have helped. It certainly wouldn't have. It wouldn't have, um, have turned it around 360, but it would have helped. And I think it would have helped us all. But unfortunately, we didn't win it. So we've, we've got Tranmere coming up on Tuesday in the Cup. It's, yeah, because it's Tranmere, you want to win anyway, don't you, at the end of the day? No, I, 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 I couldn't care less about that that game. Just play the reserves if we've got any yeah. reserves. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste of time. There's no money in it. Even if you get to the third or fourth round, there's not a lot of money in it. Chuck it. Chuck the game and get ready for Bradford, in my opinion. The thing is, though, Paddy, we lose the game on Tuesday. You've lost first straight away. You've lost your first two home games. You know, I get, I get what you say, but no one really counts that game, do they, as a as a proper game? Well, I think Curl will count it as a proper game. Yeah, I think at this stage in the season, you know, you've got to get your team organised and and and, and match times important. So, interesting point: Will Curl just rest players, or will he will he get them on there to you know to try and work on on the system and and and, and getting play you know time to? I mean, especially with them, a lot of them signing so new. Uh, so yeah. so late, you, you know, he might just think, well, they need the time on the pitch. I think a few of the COVID lads will be back, won't they? Because they, they missed the Rochdale game. So I suspect their isolation will be done by then. I, I understand, again, that what you're saying about it's good to get a win on board. But, you know, I'd happily chuck that game. I'm not, I'm not going. I won't be going. I've not been to a Carling Cup game since we played Blackburn in 2001. Yeah, that's, that's a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, though. It's all about opinion. Everyone's got a different opinion, haven't they? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're winning matches. I mean, I'd, 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 I'd take uh, if I had to choose, I'd go for the points against Bradford. Absolutely, but another it's going to be another tough game, isn't it? Are, are you going to Bradford? Are you going to do much away yourself yeah. this season? Well, believe it or not, I'm actually going to the first five games. I'm going to Bradford. We're going to Bristol City, uh, Bristol Rovers next Tuesday, and yeah. then we're going to Sutton because it's school holidays. Obviously, I'm off work at the moment. I thought I'll go to Bristol next Tuesday just for a bit of a day out, and then go to the game. I'm looking forward to see how many we take to Bradford. Actually, I think it's going to be a fair. Based on the turnout today, I think it's going to be a pretty good turnout. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a myth 
really that we travel well to Bradford. I believe like the highest we've ever taken is 1300. And I was a bit like you. I thought we'd take about 1200 next week until I saw the gate today. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe we'll take 18, 1900, which would be great. It'd be great because I know a lot of people on Tuesday told Keith Curl about the way following because Latics fans like to talk about their way following, don't they, quite a lot. And they, uh, they did mention it and it'd be good for him to see that. Yeah, I think the fact that it's the first away game in such a long time and it's just up the road is it's a great one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's a great it's a great first first away. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and especially after not being at the game today, it's you know this is my first game back next week. So and I think there will be other fans for other fans that will be the same. So it should be a good atmosphere. One of my pals went today, uh, who I was in the OEC with, uh, and he's a he's a no more pennies for the Lemmys guy. But he, um, he he managed to get some tickets today free. And he was saying when the game kicked off, he actually thought to himself, how am I going to sustain this throughout the season, you know, not going? So it'd be interesting to see whether there's been a few more people like that who just thought they'd just dip the toe in the water. And then, I mean, I completely back and understand the boycott, really. I do. I've been an outspoken critic of the owner for a long time. And I think if we can force him out by doing that, then that's great. But, you know, my reasons for going a Obviously, well documented. I've said him on here, but it'd be interesting to see if there's any more fans that have gone today, get the toe in, and then thought, actually, you know what, I, I do want to keep going. Yeah, and and I want to make it very clear as well that I've I've chosen not to go to the. I've got no problem with people going to the games at all. Everyone's got entitled to their own opinions. They've got their own reasons, and they're none of my business. What 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 their reasons are. So um, you know, hopefully, this is something that won't have to happen. Won't have to get any more stringent. We won't have to ramp up. Hopefully, you know it'll it'll last a relatively short amount though, of time. As long as, as long as Mohammed's around in the yeah. background, it's not going. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to go. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Fingers crossed, because um, you know we won't start off by getting too stuck into them. We all know the situation, and and if it starts to get <laughs> a lot worse, then we can start turning the pressure up. But the football's back. The football season's back. That's great news. And if you're only going away games, well, every other week you'll be able to go to a football match. So happy days. And if you if, if you're going all man away, then fill your boots. It was it was a little bit soul destroying when we got to the game today, and the lads in particular have been looking forward to seeing Dylan Bahambula, and then mm. he's absent with COVID. And then we've got a lad from Geordie Shaw playing up front. That was a little <laughs> bit soul-destroying. Oh, well, that's what being a Lattice fan is. Absolutely. A little bit soul-destroying, Paddy. But, you know, it makes uh, it makes characters of us all, doesn't it? So, Certainly Well, listen, does. thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too, buddy. And I'll see you around. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, mate. Ta-da. I'm in the pub with the new four new directors, just all the uh, Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation. It's not easy to remember, is it? Never mind, that's the least of our problems, isn't it? So, Andy, hello. Afternoon, everyone. Hi, everyone. Who's that? It's Jim. <laughs> it's Brad. Evening. Evening. I'll, I'm going to have to put mics in your face, I think, because it might not pick it up. But uh, we've just had a chat just because we're all new and we're going to have a meeting next week with the rest of them. But we all wanted to get to know each other a bit better. How do you think it's gone tonight, Andy? It's been really interesting. Some good ideas that we've all got but a common ground that we all want to push from and, and work with the fans. That's definitely been the key theme, hasn't it? I think that was all in our election applications, wasn't it, about working with the fans. How are you feeling about it all, Jim? I'm feeling pretty positive about it. I think we've, you know, we all seem to be on the same page. I'm not sure what the other directors are going to think, but it's good to be all pushing in the same direction. Brad, I mean, you're the youngest. I think, to be fair, like, what, are you 26? Stepping forward to do something like this at the age of 26, I think, is very commendable. Like, what was it that made you want to do it? I just want to represent the fans. Uh, I think for a long time now, the fans haven't had the voice. I think us for tonight with the ideas which we've got bounced around the room, all on the same page, we're all giving a good account, and we all agree that the fans come first, and we hopefully the change can now come, and we can push on and grow the trust foundation to what it can be. Yeah, it's been underachieving, hasn't it? And like, I think it was you said before, Jim, that we've all sort of like been on our own sort of personal journey to get here, haven't we? It's led us to this point where we're all sitting here friendly around the table. In maybe like 12 months, we'll all be mortal enemies because we're sick of each other. And we're <laughs> But yeah, it's like, we've all got our own story as fans that have led us to this point where we're fed up. For me, it was, I was at Crew a couple of seasons ago, uh, sitting in the, in the Rocky Road and I noticed the lights were off. In the, in the north stand 
got a couple of messages from mates saying they're not serving any food in there. And I just thought, you know, this this is the point where I can't take it. That's when I stopped going to home games. So I've been boycotting for a lot longer than, than most. But everyone's got the breaking point. That was mine. Andy, you were a sponsor of the club last season and a couple of you and the fellow sponsors pulled out. So you've obviously been feeling this way now for a few months. Yeah, and, and, and as I've said, it, I, I couldn't then sit back and, and go on the podcast like we did and moan and not do anything about it. So I put, my, put myself forward so I can actually bring about change because uh, I want change from the club. I want change from the foundation. I want it to be more active. Uh, I think we've all agreed tonight that we can work together and do that. This is like the calm before the storm for us, I think, isn't it? We've, we've talked about what needs to be done. Do you think we really understand how much work we've got ahead of us? I think it's going to be a tough job. Uh, I think we've all agreed tonight that there's a long way to go. I think we can. It's all going to take the baby steps first, get ourselves going and get, uh, get a feel for everyone and push on. I think I think we can do. I think it might be a bit of sleepless nights. I think I might start receding a bit more than what I am. Uh, but yeah, I think we can. I think we can do it. I think we can as well, and I, I'm going to ask you in a second, so I'll give you a chance to think about it, like what you're most looking forward to about it, because it is going to be difficult. We are going to get loads of grief for it, probably, because that seems to be what happens, but I'm looking forward to really getting to understand everything, to, to, to meeting fans and, and doing something that is going to hopefully have a long-term effect, playing my part, just doing my bit, just doing what I can, and I, I'm proud of that, I'm proud of of that and I'm looking forward to it it excites me and the challenge of it I feel up for it do you know what I mean I'm buzzing like, ask me again 12 months how I feel about it but at the minute I'm looking forward to it and I'm, I'm proud to, to be taking it on what about you Andy? Very much similar lines but to be at the rudder of something that the Oldham fans can finally be proud of uh, we've not had something to be proud of for a long long time and whether it's the, the team on the pitch or a, a strong foundation if we can be proud of something I think we've all achieved something then I'm most looking forward to just getting involved with the fans because the trust, as it is now, the, the foundation doesn't really have much reach. Doesn't make people feel valued for for being a member. They just sort of here's your membership card. See you at the next AGM. Um, and I feel like we could do a lot more on that front. And if you make people feel valued, you get more members, and then we'd have a stronger voice. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I like pushing myself. I think. Us for as well as the people who are on the trust, we can push forward and bring about the change which is needed and which is long overdue. I think the fans have not been represented proper for a long time. They, I'll get a lot of messages all the time, tweets saying that people, things aren't happening, and put myself forward. I thought, well, let's give it a go. And I said it. I said it uh, in one of my tweets. I said I'm going to stand by what I believe in, and I believe in that the fans come first, and that is it. Now that we've had the AGM and we've got a new board elected and we've all been confirmed and nobody's challenged any of our appointments and that, we can open up membership again to the foundation. So let's just finish on asking you guys to say to fans why they should think about, well, not just think about, why should they sign up to the foundation going going forward now? Why should they believe in us instead of an organisation that, that obviously a lot of people haven't believed in for a long time? What's different? What are we going to do differently? Why should they sign up? I think Saturday tonight we've, we can all agree that we've, we've all, we're all passionate about what we want to achieve uh, and we all agree that unless there's more members within the foundation, the foundation doesn't have a voice. The club will just continue to ignore it. Um, so the fans need to get on board with what we want to bring, the message that we want to bring across and if they're happy with that, become a member uh, and then the foundation itself has got a bigger voice to take to the club and say, this is what the fans want. Uh, I feel like we're going to go in a new direction and it's not going to be one that we've chosen. It's going to be dictated by the fans. We're going to ask for the fans' opinions, not just the members, all the fans, as often as possible. What do you think of this? And whatever whatever the majority decision is, that's what we'll, that's what we'll go with. I've got to agree with what the other two have just said. I think the main thing which has got to come out now is strength in numbers. We've all got to be together. The more, more people who are, who are the bigger mandate, which we can take forward to the club, take forward into meetings and dictate what we want to do. They won't ignore 2,000, 3,000 fans who all agree on what needs to be done. Yeah, I agree, lads. I think things are changing. I think we've got pushed the boundary. We've got fans who are interested, who are vocal, who are ready for change. And I think diplomacy is the key. I think there's been too much falling out. Um, we need to work together. I believe that everybody who's sat around this table now is, is a reasonable person. 
is able to communicate with other people, find solutions, and move things forward. So I'm confident, and the more of us that are, that are involved, the better. And that involved, that includes you as a fan, if you're listening. Volunteer your time, get involved. Let's make something happen. Lads, thanks very much for your time for the podcast. And I know that I'm going to be having you on regular because fans want away from us. And hopefully the other four. <laughs> we'll see how that goes next week when we chat to them for the first time. Cheers, lads. So I've got with me Russ from the Scarf Bagar Award, the county podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. You were you were on the fourth episode. I was on the fourth episode. I think this is my hat trick. Is this my hat trick as well? Have I been on three times now? Don't think so. This is only the second time, isn't it? Mm, oh, I thought it was third. Anyway, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it's just the second time. I don't know. You're, you're on so many podcasts now that you just lose yeah, track. This is true. This is true. But you're not here today to talk about Stockport County. We might nope. touch on 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 County at some point, but you're here to talk about Fan Hub. Yeah. Because our podcast, the Boundary Park Alert System, is a content provider for the Fan Hub app. And rather than me having to tell everybody about it myself, thought I'd get you on because you are the content engagement officer or something like that, is it, for FanHub? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the engagement partner. So what I'm doing basically is that all of the new content creators that come into the app, I'm onboarding them and just making sure that they understand the message, understand the why, and get it going for, for, for their podcast, YouTube channel, blog, whatever it, whatever it may be. All right, well, let's start by you telling our listeners, what FanHub is. Okay, so FanHub itself is an app. It's an app in the uh, Android and iOS app store, simple. The key to this is is why it exists, really, and that's that's the main thing. We want to change the game, and you might have seen the changethegame.uk URL floating about. Basically, what we want to do is we want to get out of the big corporate social media platforms that are taking all of our fan money, that we that we spend at matches and when we you know we spend when we when we check in on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot and we want to redirect that back to the fans and and give the fans ownership of this app that will be a huge community. So you know when you, when you check into Facebook, you know when you check into a ground away, say you go to Bradford away, you check in on Facebook probably just to show off to your friends. Facebook use that to sell that data to brands who then fill your Facebook feed with advertisements. And that's how the money circulates around and hope in the hope that you'll purchase from that brand. So that we think it's about £150 per fan per year that Facebook earns from that. Twitter is a bit less. And then what other what you know, whatever other sort of areas you go on, sort of sites. We want to do is bring that back in. So if you do that in the app, because there are a few features and we'll, we'll, I, can, I can share the features in a second, you know, use some of these features, interact with the community, then you will earn part ownership of the app that will be turned into cash eventually. And that's, that's, that's the aim. Right. So what we're doing is we're trying to take the focus off the people that run the world, Facebook yeah. and all this lot, and bring it back onto the fans. And for me, that sounds like a great idea because when we spoke to you, as, when you came on as the county fan, you were telling us all about your experiences with the trust and the fan ownership at Stockport. Yeah, we're obviously pushing that agenda at Oldham, um, yeah. getting away from the. I mean, money's always going to be really important <laughs> fixture in football, and we're all going to need it. But it's how that money's generated, isn't it? And what's done with it, and who buy. We're definitely on the same page, aren't we? I think so. I, I'm always skeptical of anything that's new that comes along, and I'm like sussing it out. And I was a bit like that with Fan Hub back in yeah. last year when I was approached initially, and I just wanted to get this podcast up and running first. And I've decided to to fund this podcast privately. Not don't want a sponsorship and advertising and going down that commercial route. I think it fits with where we are uh, and how we view things. So it seems like a good a good partnership. What can fans expect uh, from the Fan Hub app? You were saying about features before. What what's the story? Yeah, so there's a few features in there that really really good features. So you can predict a lineup and then share that and then have have leagues of who's the best predictor for your fans. Not just at a club level, but a national level as well. So you can start to move up that prediction league. You can check in at games and 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 there's a mileage calculator. So, you know, away matches, who's travelled the most, who's been to the most away games, be on that leaderboard, challenge your mates, you know, be on there and 
and do that at a league level and at a national level. There's obviously all the content in there that you're providing that they can they can access through the app. Can we access all other fan other clubs' ac- content through there as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's feeds for every other club. We're trying to get as many content creators on as on board as possible from the Premier League down to the National League, and they're all on there. There's there's a nice little feature actually that when you're predicting your lineup, it'll give you your opposition, and you, it'll there's a button that takes you straight to the opposition's feed. You can go and see their you know their latest podcast and get the inside track on on what they're thinking and what they're doing. Yeah, and, and invite people to the community and you know just bring those fans in and bring you know let's let's all come together and, and be part of this one big app that we hope will will you know will change the game that's the idea like you say you've taken some of the features that maybe you might get elsewhere but you're kind of bringing it all together and you're trying to create a community as i understand it as a content provider if fans come on to the app and access my content through the app then there's something in it for for us as well yeah yeah so you earn an, a part ownership of, of the app and as the app grows, we'll all increase our ownership and hopefully that will turn into, into, into cash one day. If you actually go onto the app and, you, and you've already signed into the app, you can see your fan shares balance. And there's a bit there's a bit of a statement there that says, you know, the more you earn, the more, more ownership you've got of the app. Fans who are in the app, not just content creators, you can earn fan shares as well just by, by using some of the features. And that's a share in, in the company, Fan Hub. Yes, yeah. That's the point is we're all, as real fans, not Pogboom 10 numbers from Thailand, it's all real fans that go yeah. to the games, you know, yeah, and interact with our clubs who are genuine people. And we want people in the app who are genuine and really, really want to be there and want to listen to your content, you know, want to want to consume your content. Because of that, because of the fact that you're looking for those real fans and you don't just want it flooded with... Like you say, (laughs) you know, let's just say glory hunters from around the world that don't follow Oldham or Stockport, obviously. (laughs) Um, It's actually limited as to who can actually get access to the app, isn't it? It's a referral system, so you, you need a golden ticket to get in. So if anybody just comes to the app, they will be put into a queue and have to wait for that queue to go down, like, like a bit of a, like a nightclub, I guess. Wait for the queue to go down to get in. Like it or, used to be at Boundary Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, never, it's never been like that. Not Boundary anymore. No. <laughs> but yeah, you can you can get referred in. So people who are already in the app, over time, get get golden tickets to hand off to and refer for friends in there and bring you know bring people, like-minded people who, who believe leaving you know the, the mission to change the game to come into the app so people who are going to come into the app and then participate who are going to yeah. check in and travel and, and and get involved in the prediction leagues and and, and all that kind of stuff so football yeah. football nuts it's a football app for football people that ge- genuine football people and people who genuinely believe that we, we want to change the game and you know you can't argue with some of the numbers you know you know 150 pound per fan per year just to facebook let's bring that back in we'll earn it for ourselves thank you very yeah, much yeah mm. yeah absolutely and and at the end of the day as well you know there's all content creators like like me and like you and countless others around the country you know we do it for free we do it for our passion but why why shouldn't we at some point try and get something out of it off the back of our success and and if we can share that with our listeners and fellow fans as well it's, it's just win-win, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's some really good content creators out there, isn't there? But what, what, what you get with content creators like us, I like to think, is you get realism, don't you? We go to the matches. We're from the, we're from the areas that we support. I'm not saying in the, you know, in final we're going to turn away someone from London who's a Man United fan or anything like that. But it's real, and that's what we want people to come to the app for, to to know that this is where the community is. I'm an Oldham fan. I want to go and listen to the Boundary Park Alert system in the app because I know it benefits Matt. And the app's free. You know, you, there's, no, there's no cost to this. It's, it's no. free. So why wouldn't you? They're not going to get hammered by loads of advertising of Facebook. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not get hammered by that. It's all football-based. The quality of the app is, is really high as well. It's, it's, it's just all-round good, wholesome football fun. Like an Oldham yeah. Stockport game on a Friday night under the lights. Ex- under the lights, exactly. With the meat pie. Oh yeah. Um, How are you feeling about yeah. the season coming up? Are you are you uh, excited about it as a county fan? Yeah, yeah, really excited. Uh, we've we've splashed some cash, haven't we? We've got some League Two players in there as well. You know, come down from League Two. Pre seasons going okay. People mooting that if uh, if we don't go up, it's a failure. Watch it's, this space. You know what? It's scary looking at looking down now. We we mentioned it on on last week's podcast. If we were in the National League, we wouldn't be able to compete. 
We couldn't yeah. compete financially with County. We couldn't compete with uh, Wrexham, Notts County, getting yeah. players like Matt Palmer that we we can't afford. It's scary. We need to make sure that we are in League Two next season uh, as a bare minimum because if we go down, we'll just end up being stuck. And you know yourself because you went down again, yeah. didn't you? So yeah, yeah. The National League seems to be very much the fifth tier of the football pyramid. It wouldn't surprise me if they opened up the relegation and promotion a bit a bit more because it's only two up and two down in it um which is difficult for us i think generally we were better than hartlepool over the season but obviously we just we fell short in that in that in that one playoff game which they deserve to win to be fair because uh, we didn't turn up but you know it's hard and i think it will be i, I you know I, I don't think it'd be long before they do open it up and make it a bit more sort of fluid in terms of what goes up and what goes down if you look at it i think we've not done our prediction pod yet but you know if you just think off the top of your head there's probably seven or eight former football league clubs in there four or five of them are spending money to get up Wrexham and county probably the biggest spenders and then Notts County just shot, you know, behind that. Yeah. It's going to be a really competitive league. And there's always a surprise package um, like Sutton last season. Yeah. So, yeah, really tough. Um, it just goes to show, doesn't it? I mean, like we're bringing it back to the fans and British football, English football, just how mad we are about the game. Because yeah. if you if you imagine if some more of that money that is sloshing around at the very top of the game was filtered down through the, through the lower league so that, you know, we could com- more teams could compete. We, you know, we could be seeing crowds. I think in in League Two in the conference of five, six, seven, eight thousand every week. If the standard of football was like, you know, the pitches are getting better, the standard of football is getting better. We could have a, a five tier system in this country, which was absolutely brilliant from from top to bottom, rather than just having the you know the top two divisions. Well, if you're in the top division, you've got all the money in the bank. If you're in the second, if you're in the championship, you're trying desperately to stay afloat because you're you're having to borrow money to try and compete. You know, it's all off kilter, isn't it? But the passion yeah. that we have as a country and, and as towns for our clubs and our teams is immense other countries don't quite believe it really i i my day job is is a pan-european one and i speak to people from all different countries on a daily basis I remember speaking to a swiss guy and he's who do, who do you support is it chelsea i was like no it's not it, it's stockport what division are they in well the fifth they're in the fifth division what is that professional I went yeah and he was just like jaw dropping like what the fifth division is professional in england yeah of course it is so we're pretty lucky. I mean, I we as county are, are very lucky. Uh, I say lucky. Are we lucky <laughs> to, you know, to have su- such a rich owner now? He's not just putting money into the first team. He's We've got a training ground now. Um, he wants to build one in the borough. He's done up the whole ground. He's putting new seats in. Everything's been done up. He's, he's doing the whole infrastructure as well. You know, academy. He's bought Stockport Town and, and this PFA Academy in, in the borough. So that all came from us as fans clearing the decks, working so hard to clear the decks. Okay, we made a hash of it with trust, but that led to change even, you know, further down the line. And that's what you're going through now, isn't it? And anyway, I think you said it before. So hopefully the, you know, the, the brighter days are, are coming up for you in the next, I don't know how many years it'll be, because I think it will be years. Oh, yeah. You, you've got to hope that you don't go down in that time into that trap door. I know. And, you know, we, before we came on air, we were chatting about, you know, the happy clappers and the people who who like to pretend that that nothing's wrong, and and they're entitled to to do that. It's their own opinion, but it's clear. You know, you, you're well up on the Oldham situation. I know because you listen to our podcast every week. And yeah. You, you you know you're friends with with Latics fans, and you know you know what's going on. When we got you on the pod back in episode four last season. What you were telling us was all just—it's like a future warning, you know. Yeah. It, it, we're seeing it all over the place. Fans have got to—you've got to take responsibility for your football club. The real custodians of a football club are its fans. I like to think of inverted commas owners—they're just investors. They're not the actual owners or custodians of the of the club. The fans are, and that's what hopefully now through Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation and all that, we're going to try and get that mindset back at Boundary Park and, and we're going to be a lot more involved in the future of the club. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we got to a point where the only valuable asset at County was the fans. Only valuable asset at that time and, and we, we recognised that and started to, to move with that. So everything else just was meaningless because without football, football's nothing without the fans. Again, just going back to Fan Hub, there's a re- that's that's the connection that, and that's what we were, I want to change the game and, and that's one of the strap lines for Fan Hub is, you know, Football is nothing without the fans. Let's push on this movement to, to get the money and, and the value of, of what is going into Facebook at the moment, into Twitter and all these other areas, you know, YouTube, whatever it is. 
let's bring that back into our community and we can take control of that. Absolutely. So uh, where do we find it? It's on the Android uh, App Store and the iOS App Store. Search FanHub or if you go to changethegame.uk, there's a bit more about the why, you know, why we're trying to do this. A few more numbers on there and uh, you can sign up at the bottom. There's links there to take you to, uh, to, take you to the app. Right. Thanks for joining me, Ross, for filling no us problem. in. All the best for County this season. Hopefully next year, next season, we will have... Because I don't think we're going up, Ross. Okay, so I don't think I don't think we're going to be leaving you behind, right? So hopefully a, a League Two fixture. I would give my right arm to go to Oldham away after after going Oxford City and Kings Lynn. <laughs> Oldham Athletic sounds brilliant. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great for us both. It really would. Yeah. Hopefully, we, we said this last time and, and it didn't happen, but hopefully this time it will. So thanks for coming down and telling us about Fan Hub. No problem. And all the best, mate. Cheers. Boundary Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me, Matt Dean. Additional support and research is by Andy Halliwell and Steve Shipman. You can follow me on Twitter at MattDean78 and the show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. Don't forget to download the Fan Hub app and listen to the show there or by visiting oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can support the work we do by visiting our online merch store, read our blog and get in touch. If you'd like more information about Push the Boundary, visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and if you'd like to know more about Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, please visit trustoldham.org. Remember, this is your club and you can have it all, but how much do you want it? Thanks for listening.